Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. This is episode 12 of You're Keeping Track at Home. As always, I'm Ryan the Goose Gosker, joined by my co-host, Jolan Bioka. Jolan, welcome to the show. I mean, man, there's not much to talk about here in the intro because we got a lot to talk about in the show. A lot to talk about. NBA playoffs are set. MLB's picking up momentum. Let's get to it. Yeah, absolutely. We're not going to waste any time here. And, and again, the bubble continues. Last episode, episode 11, was titled properly The Bubble. And here we go. The bubble, the playoffs are over. Excuse me. The playoffs are about to start. The seeding games are over, thank God. And we're ready for playoff basketball. Joanne, it's going to be a hair bit different. Uh, but everything in this world right now is a hair bit different. So I'm excited to get to the uh, to the playoffs and the one team I'm really excited to watch right now is the Portland Trailblazers, who won the play-in tournament in order to play the Los Angeles Lakers. And usually that is a death sentence, unless it's this year, because the Lakers have looked vulnerable and they haven't looked great. Game won unanimous MVP bubble. Uh, he won unanimous MVP of the bubble. He was just shooting out of this world. I think he was averaging 35 points, almost 10 assists, almost 4 rebounds on like 50% shooting and 44% from downtown. That's just absurd. That's that's numbers you put up in a video game. So, uh, Joel, I want to get your thoughts real quick on what you've seen so far in the seeding games and how excited are you to get to the postseason? Well, in the seeding games, if you want to talk seeding games themselves, you got to talk Devin Booker, who was just phenomenal, lights out, 8-0. I kind of feel bad for the Suns right now because they did everything in their power possible to try to get a playoff spot, and they still fell a few games shy and even one game shy of the play-in. The play-in itself was fantastic. We, uh, you already mentioned it. The uh, Memphis Grizzlies went against the Portland Trailblazers. CJ McCullough, man, lights out in that game down the stretch, especially with under three minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Mello was big. Trailblazers, I'm very interested in seeing them compete in the playoffs. That's a team I think that could really mess up the party going on right now. Yeah, and TJ Warren was another guy we talked about on the pod last time who was just killing it. And, you know, you got to feel for the Suns because – we talked about this in prep. They did everything they possibly could. There wasn't one more thing they could have possibly done to put themselves in a position to get to the postseason. They were 8-0. Devin Booker was the man. He was everything for that team. And you know what's crazy? It came down to a Karis LeVert missed jump shot at the buzzer that would have sent the Blazers home. Instead, keeps them alive. They beat the Grizzlies in the playing game. And because... The Trailblazers were the eighth seed. All they needed to do was win one game. So they beat Memphis, and now they are on to play the Lakers, as I've mentioned. So, I mean, listen, just individual performances, it, to me, has felt a lot like March Madness. But now we're getting into the real, you know, the real games here that are going to be seven-game series. It's a little bit more difficult because, again, you're going to have NBA-level head coaches and NBA players scouting you and preparing for you for seven games. It's not just one game. You know, I think I think this whole Portland thing, like, you know, that could be a Cinderella run, an 11 seed going to the Final Four, VCU, uh, back when they were back when they were really good. George Some Mason. Butler teams coached by Brad Stevens. Correct. I, you know, I think I think that stuff is different to see because it's one game elimination. Now you're in a best of seven series where often talent takes over. But Joel, I want to get I want to get I know I want to go to you here right quick and get the playoff matchups because there are a lot of intriguing ones. So let's start in the East. Uh, we have the one seed, the Bucks versus the number eight seed, the Magic. Um, two versus seven is the Raptors versus the Nets, the Raptors being two. Number three, the Celtics versus number six, 76ers. 
And then the Pacers versus the Heat in the 4 versus 5 matchup. The Pacers just edge out the Heat in the final couple games there. So let's start with the Bucks versus Magic. What are your thoughts on the series, Ryan? Who do you like? Magic, very good defensive team. Can they stop Giannis? You know, I'm gonna go with the, I'm gonna go with the jug you see on Twitter. Uh, Bucks in three. You know, I think this, <laughs> this team's just too talented for Orlando. And again, I get it. Whatever home court advantage anybody ever has in this bubble, Orlando's got it because they're playing in their own home city. But I, they, they're no match for Milwaukee. Milwaukee will cruise in that series. Uh, and that should be pretty easy. Giannis should only be playing about 25, 30 minutes a night. Well, actually, that's what he will be playing. But what he should be playing is closer to 35, 40, regardless of the score, because he's going to need to later down the road in the playoffs. Yeah, I think this is an easy matchup headed toward the Bucks. I mean, like you had mentioned, everything working around the Bucks is just way better matchup for the Magic than they can handle. I think Giannis is going to dominate the first series and the rest of the playoffs if he can get that far. Let's move on to the two versus seven matchup: the number two Raptors versus the number seven New York Brooklyn rather Nets. Yeah, Brooklyn. Brooklyn used to be the New Jersey Nets uh, back when they used to play at the Izod Center. I'm dating myself just a hair there, but uh, that's that's actually a more intriguing series, and I think people give credit for. You got two teams that just play ball, you know, and and they're they're I don't know how to say this properly, but they're teams. You know what I mean? They don't. Positionless cir- basketball. Right. They don't circul- circulate around one star player like LeBron, like Anthony Davis. You know, they these are just a collection of uh, B-plus guys that are just playing all together, and they're playing really well. I actually think this series could go six. I think the Nets could steal two from the Raptors here. But in the end, I just think the Raptors are too talented. They've got the heart of a champion, and Nick Nurse is such a great coach. Uh, I think he's got them moving on to the second round. Yeah, I'd have to side with the Raptors here too. Um, you have this conversation a year from now in the playoffs, well, rather in June-ish. I think the Nets will easily walk to the finals with a healthy KD, healthy Kyrie Irving, and even a healthy Levert. He's been sending out some games. Um, so that moves us on to the number three Celtics versus the number six 76ers, talking about health issues. Ben Simmons is not playing in the series out indefinitely rest of the season. Right, definitely fascinating because... This team, there's an argument to be made that this team is actually better without Ben Simmons. And in particular, Joel Embiid, and that's who you're going to have to play through to win you some games here in the postseason. I think the Celtics are just too good of a team. They have, they have to be far superior coaching. I don't, even think they, I don't even think it's comparable on any level. I think Brad Stevens is that good. And then I just think the way they're, the way they're playing with Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, you you run through the list, man, and they've got every piece you could want. And and they're, they are starting to put it together. And this is what I said at the beginning of the bubble. A team like that thrives because they don't have to worry about one guy. Everybody's kind of scoring and getting into it. And the 76ers, they're going to go as far as Joel Embiid can take them. And we don't know how far that is. Last year, he had to miss a playoff game due to stomach pains. I mean, listen, I, I'm sure the stomach pains were real, but, I mean, it's a playoff game, man. You know, they, those things, they, those got to be like contractions of a, of a, of pregnancy or something like that in order to miss a playoff game. Like, you know, that's something that's really big and important. So, uh, give me the Celtics in this. I, I want to give the 76ers, I'm going to give them a game. I think this is five, five game series. I think the Celtics easily take this Celtics. I have to note are the first team with three 20 point per game scores. Since the 84-76ers in the Eastern Conference, who did it with Tony, uh, Julius Irving, and uh, Moses Malone there. 
So the Celtics are deep. They can score. If you want to talk positionless basketball, like you said with the uh, Raptors and Nets, this is a team that can definitely play positionless basketball. You just got to question some of their defense and some of their length heading down the stretch, and especially right now in the first against Embiid. I think Celtics sweep this one. I think it's 4-0. I think 76ers, who might play better without Ben Simmons, aren't going to benefit without Ben Simmons. It's a guy you definitely want on the court when he's available. Moving on to the 4 versus 5 Definitely interesting because the Pacers just edged out the Heat by, I believe, a game. So it's the Indiana Pacers versus the Heat. Ryan, who do you got? Maybe maybe it's just giving Indiana too much credit. But I think this goes 7. I really do. I this think is a TJ Warren recency bias. Correct. And, you, again, Victor Oladipo's finding his way. I think TJ Warren's explosion has helped that. Victor Oladipo doesn't have to be that guy yet. So I think that's kind of allowed him to find a groove. Some of the role players have started to find a groove. So I think this goes seven. I think the Heat end up winning it because I think they they just match up better against a lot of people in the East, actually. But I would take this as the most enticing first-round matchup. Uh, again, we're going to have to see. But Jimmy Butler, hopefully he stays healthy for the series. Bam. Him and TJ Warren, by the way, have beef going back in time. So and now we get seven games of it. Let's go. Sign me up. Get me the popcorn. Get me the... Soda, the non-alcoholic beverage, because this is PG. Uh, yeah, you know, give me all of that. And Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, uh, Zabonis for for the Pacers, all those guys, Miles Turner. Give me that. I like that first-round matchup, and I got my popcorn ready. I think I think the Heat actually edges out on less than seven. I just feel like all the guys you mentioned, Indiana doesn't have great wing defenders where they can match up with all those three-point shooters. And you got young guys like Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero who can give you 12 to 14 a night easily. So this is a team that could definitely score better. I'll give it to the Heat in six. That wraps up the Eastern Conference. We have the top three seeds, the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, and the fifth seed, the Heat, advancing. Let's move on to the West. We have uh, This is the most interesting matchup round one. No discredit from the uh, Blazers here. But I think the Lakers have a little bit more of an edge. So let's start with uh, number one Lakers versus number eight Blazers. Yeah, I think this is the Lakers. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not. I don't want to fall into the trap just yet. Let's let's remind the people at home. I believe LeBron is either 12 and 0 or 13 and 0 in the first round in his career. He has been terrific. They, by the way, they have not even played close to their best basketball yet. They were actually, I believe, the worst shooting team in the bubble. Going into, I believe, the Denver game, and then they came out and shot 50% from three. You know, so I think they have the ability to turn it on. Now, no no zero dark 30 for LeBron this year, which is his usual playoff activation mode. So that might be a little bit different. But again, the Portland's best chance to stop LeBron was Trevor Ariza. And Trevor Ariza, as we know, opted out of the bubble. The last time LeBron and Carmelo faced each other, was back in the 2012-2013 postseason when LeBron was with the Heat, Melo with the Knicks. They both averaged 28 points a game in that series. So expect those two banana boat buddies to go at it. I expect it to be a lot of fun, a lot of intrigue. We're going to find out a lot about Dame because his biggest struggles come in the postseason. That has been well documented by Skip Bayless and every other and every other person on, on Twitter. Regardless, whoever has the stats can see it and know it and understand it. So is this the time that Dame rises to the occasion? We're going to see. Maybe maybe his new song coming out is going to is going to inspire him to even new in newer and better heights, but only time will tell, but I'm going to take the Lakers and I think 
I think this is maybe a six-game series. I go six. Lakers in six. Yeah, I had tweeted out before that Blazers in six, but that was kind of a heat of the moment type of type of deal. I think the Lakers here, and you had mentioned it, who stops LeBron? Because LeBron will turn it up another level. We all know what he's capable of. And I think even six games is a bit far. I think just because of the sole fact that the Blazers don't have a true one to stop LeBron, that gives them a handful of problems. But hey, if Lillard shoots the way he's been shooting, if he plays the way they've been playing, because like we have mentioned before, these are kind of playoff games to Lillard prior to the show. So he has been performing when it has mattered, so maybe he turns it up another another level right now and takes on the Lakers. Well, and you have to remember, too, the Lakers, their starters, I believe they played in the last game, but I think they only played a half. We see this a lot in football, actually. When teams rest their guys the last week of the season, then they get the bye, and then now you know they have to come back against a team that's played you know, the last four straight weeks, and they've won all four games. So if four... For Portland, they're coming in, they're hot, they're fresh, and, and everything like that. They get a couple days off before the postseason starts. So, I, you know, it, it's definitely fascinating. And I think Damian Lillard can win you two games by himself. I think he can. Uh, the question is, will he? And only time will tell. Now, with Avery Bradley there, this is a sweep for me. Because his wing defending is just so superb that he would have he would have helped the Lakers sweep Portland. But without him there, I think Dame could get loose. So that brings us to another good matchup, the 2 versus 7 here. It's the Clippers versus the Mavericks, and I know a lot of people are counting the Clippers to win the West, but to get out of the round one, it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, no doubt in my mind. And, and again, I think I was actually discussing this at work. and I work at Amazon well, when I'm not doing the podcast and other things, and we were discussing this in the break room, actually. I, I think I think Luka right now is good enough to get you at minimum one game in the playoffs. I think to be a superstar, he needs to be he needs to be able to win them two games by himself. Now, he could prove me wrong and win two games by himself in this series. I'm going to take the gentleman's sweep 4-1 in favor of the Clippers. Their depth, man, it's just absurd. It's crazy when you just it, they just throw bodies at you and bodies at you of guys that could score and bring energy and do all these different things. I think this is a pretty easy series, but I think we see Luka put up some Dumb, crazy numbers. So, yeah, you had mentioned Luka. Luka needs to be as great as he's been hyped to be to even win one game, and I just think this is going to be a sweep 4-0 of the Clippers. I don't think the Clippers let him get hot at all. I mean, you had mentioned their scoring. I'm going to mention their defense. I mean, Pat Bev especially up top, he could guard anybody. That team is made to play good defense, and it's even made to beat the Lakers, essentially, to stop LeBron, to stop guys like that. So I think they have no problem handling the Mavericks. Let's move on to the three versus six. You have the number three seed, the Denver Nuggets, versus number six seed, the Utah Jazz. So this series would have been good had had both teams been been healthy, and by that I mostly mean Utah. They lost uh, uh, um, Bogdanovich to wrist surgery before the bubble, and then we recently found out that Mike Conley has left the bubble to attend to his wife, who is having their son. And and of course, you know he he's got to go to that. And, you know, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not questioning that at all. But with with quarantine rules and coming back and the playoffs this year, you are playing every other day, no matter what. So he they're saying he could miss almost most definitely the first two games, potentially the first three games. And at that point, with the Nuggets. Man, I think you could be down 3 nothing at that point, especially with the emergence of Bol Bol, who, by the way, when he was at Oregon, 
he was going to be in the conversation for top pick that year. He was balling. He was balling out. And then he got hurt, and people kind of forgot about him. He slipped in the draft, and here he is in Denver. Another guy that slipped in the draft was Michael Porter Jr. Phenomenal. You know, and now and now look at these two guys spearheading the Nuggets. It doesn't have to be all Nikola Jokic anymore. And I think that's successful for them. I think they sweep them here. They, you know, I I I want to give Utah one game, but they're just missing too much star power. Yeah, I feel like in the West, the, the top three teams um, separate themselves from the rest of the West easily. And Denver has proven time and time again that they belong there. Last season, this season, I mean, Denver right now has loaded up on talent that has fallen to them and graced their laps, but they've been rehabilitating their players properly. They're giving their time. They're giving their guys time to develop and to get into the league when they feel healthy. Michael Porter Jr., Bol Bol, and now these guys are promising young talent where I think the Denver Nuggets are going to be a top three team in the West for years to come, possibly a couple championships. But that is interesting. I do give the Nuggets a 4-0 sweep versus the Jazz, crediting everything you mentioned. And now this is an interesting, very interesting matchup because of the point guard trade. You had Russell Westbrook on the Oklahoma City Thunder last year, traded to Houston for Chris Ball, who was their point guard. Now these guys meet in the playoffs when a lot of people counted out Chris Ball and the Thunder. Your thoughts? Ah, here's here's where I might enlighten you, my young friend. Although, even though you're older than me. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Westbrook actually pulled a muscle in his quad, and it is believed that he will miss a couple games. He might miss the whole series, depending on how serious it is. So, we might not get to see that matchup. And Chris Paul has always had health issues in the postseason. You know, a few years ago with the Rockets when they were up 3-2 against the Warriors. We all know the story. But this, to me, is the most fascinating first-round matchup. I think this goes seven. A lot, most in, let me backtrack, in due part because of how hot and cold the Rockets are with their lineup. You're like, Steven Adams, he's a man, by the way. Like, oh, man. By the way, he's younger than a lot of people think he yeah, is. Yeah, I feel like he's been in the league 30 years. He's only like 27. Correct. But he is a he is built like a middle linebacker. Like, let, let's not mistake that. And you, you're going to tell P.J. Tucker to go guard him? Sure. But with how hot and cold the Rockets can get, do I think they can stay in this series and stay in games? And, and again, I think James Harden's a better closer, in, in my eyes, than whatever Oklahoma City has right now. And... I, again, we're going to find out a lot, but I think this series goes seven. Oh, this is this is really tough. I'm going to go Rockets. I'm going to go Rockets in the end. I think they play the Lakers in round two. It's the series they've they've been waiting for all, all season and uh, and a lot of what media has been waiting for. See, I give you credit because you, you have the Thunder winning some games, but I don't have them winning as many games because if James Harden gets hot, the series is over, period. Now, if the Thunder can contain James Harden, you might see seven. I will not discredit them from doing or being able to do that. But I feel like James Harden just cooks up way too early and sends these guys home in maybe five or six games. But he has struggled in the postseason before. You have that has it. been the huge critique in his career, in his game, is that the postseason he shrinks. Now, again, part of that is nitpicking stats, but also part of that is being there in the biggest moments. What do you do in your biggest moments? And if the answer is you don't win championships, well, that's what people are going to think about you. So I, I agree with you. If he gets hotter than a fox in a forest fire, good luck. You know, but, I, but I'm but i going to say based on his history, 
I think he's like the team. He's going to be really hot and he's going to be really cold, and it's going to and it's going to affect the team. So that wraps up the East and West. So from the East, we have to reiterate the Bucks winning the first round, the Raptors winning their first round matchup, the Celtics winning their first round matchup, and the Heat advancing. And then we could agree the top four seeds of the West: the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, and Rockets in that order advance. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating postseason. Really interesting. A ton of matchups. And again, the Lakers, you look at it right now, the way things are positioned, if all chalk holes, right, they'll have to play the Blazers, the Rockets, the Clippers, and the Bucks to win an NBA championship. You want to talk about a way to erase an asterisk next to a season? Go beat those four teams in seven-game series. Go win yourself an NBA title. Because that is one of the... That has to be one of the hardest tracks to an NBA title in NBA history. Period. Exclamation point, actually. I'll even put an exclamation point at the end of it. So I that's going to set up what, what does LeBron have. Again, you know, it's one of those things where you can't count on LeBron not being there because he's been there for 16 straight years. But at some point, man, the hourglass runs out. You know what I mean? Like, even if even when it trickles there at the end. Father time always wins. Eventually, it, it runs out. So, you wonder when that is coming. Can LeBron crank it up to what he needs to? Can he turn Alex Caruso into more than Matthew Dellavedova? <laughs> you know, because, again, he, that's what he's going to need him to be more than what Dellavedova was. Can he get J.R. Smith off the Hennessy and onto the court? <laughs> Deion Waiters, you know, again, he's been playing well, but... Ooh, what does that mean? Yeah, right, in flashes. So can he be consistent? How are these guys going to gel? Can they turn it on? I think that's the big thing. We haven't seen them kind of turn it on. We have seen them in spurts, but we haven't seen it for a full 48. And that kind of concerns me going into the postseason, especially when they struggled against the Nuggets' backups. But regardless, I think it sets up, again, for a great postseason. I think the NBA has done a terrific job. Adam Silver deserves... All I mean, the awards. All the awards. I'm sure he makes a ton of money to begin with, but I'm going to say he deserves a raise. Again, <laughs> listen, what you, you have to go through in a pandemic to get this done. And by the way, I just want to add in, they are starting to allow guests. As teams are being removed from the bubble, the teams that remain are starting to have guests be allowed to be inside the bubble with them. I believe the limit is four. And... The lowest it can go is a close personal friend. It can't be just some random dude you met on social media. Like, it's all kind of wacky and stuff like that. And I'm hoping they use it more for just families. Uh, in my eyes, that's that's the way I would see it. But I'm again, I'm happy. That's another smart move. But again, don't bite too far. Don't bite more than you can chew. If you're the NBA, you've gotten to this point so far. Be careful bringing outsiders in. Be very careful, and you had mentioned that the Bucks win the East. I don't think that we'll talk about that in later rounds, but we'll mention that. Yeah. So from the NBA to the MLB, um, you actually had a St. Louis coming back. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, St. Louis, again, they, they had an outbreak of coronavirus. This was back when, you know, Miami got it, and then and Philly had it shut down, and then it somehow got to the Midwest, and, and St. Louis, I believe they were at casinos or something like that. And they had players test positive, so of course they had to go on a hiatus. They've only played seven games, so again, get out your fancy dancy calculators. 60 minus 7 is 53, so they have 53 games left. The problem is, Jolan, they're going to play that in a 44-day period. Oh, man. That's a lot. That's 
while that's obviously more than a game a day, they're they're going to play numerous doubleheaders. Now, doubleheaders are seven-inning games now as opposed to the full nine. But still, it's going to wear on their body. It's going to be really, really tough. And I honestly, I don't know how they do it, to be honest with you. I, I really don't. And, and I, I just want to get your thoughts, thoughts real quick on what you think about it. I mean, I've never played baseball personally, so it's hard for me to say how hard doubleheaders are and stuff advancing throughout a certain amount of days. But I can say that 53 games in 44 days in any sport is very hard. Is very hard. I feel like this team is going to have a lot of injury issues or people sitting and resting, and they're just not going to be able to catch up physically and um, record pace because they're going to have so many people sitting out for so many games. I feel like this team is on a down year, and they're not going to be looking to uptrack anytime soon. And here's something that's even more interesting, and I heard this on, on SportsCenter, actually, so all the credit to ESPN. The, the Cardinals are playing the White Sox in, in the beginning of their catch-up period, and they traveled, it's only, I think they said 295 miles between the two teams where they needed to play, so the St. Louis Cardinals took 41 different rental cars. Each person that went up to the White Sox game drove their own rental car up to the game. That's if you want to talk about completely isolating yourself from anybody else and not doing anything stupid, there we are. Well, there have to be. They have to. You see what happens. The team that's most available is the team that's going to make the run to the World Series, and this team has not been available at all. Yep. So now they're backtracking and they have to make up games. We had mentioned being healthy and being present is the most important thing if you had opted in, and now here they are so many games back. I think we're, what, 21, 22 games some teams, and they've only played seven. So they're going to have a lot to make up. Let's talk statistics in baseball because um, pitching-wise, Sonny Gray has been on a tear for the Cincinnati Reds. I think he has 45 um, strikeouts through the first five appearances. Um, this guy's been on a tear. Um, gosh, your thoughts on Sonny Gray, man? Yeah, I mean, Joel, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know how many of our listeners know Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray started in Oakland with, with the Athletics. and, and or Actually, I that's where he first got famous, quote-unquote. He was he was great there. He won L, uh, AL Pitcher of the Month a couple times, and he started bouncing around. And then he pitched for the Yankees, and boy, that man could not handle New York. Could he, not he handle. Could New York. not handle New York in the slightest. So he got shipped out to Cincinnati. Well, everybody thinks, well, oh, great, he's going to Cincinnati. It actually turned out to be the best best thing for him, and he's got a major league streak going right now of 38 consecutive games allowing six hits or fewer. You're talking about a Garrett Cole performance and production at a third of the cost. This guy is the top of his game right now, one of the best pitchers in baseball, so I have to give him a nod. I texted Ryan this week. I'm like, Sonny Gray's been on a tear. We have got to mention him, and the 38-game streak is just ridiculous. I mean, this is somebody who has gotten traded somewhere he feels comfortable, and I think he's going to – the sky's the limit right now. And you know what? As a Met fan, I'm kind of used to all this BS – this always happens with every player that leaves the Mets organization. They just go somewhere else and they turn into an all-star. It's about, they, about time it happens you know, to the Yankees. I, I, it's about time, I, I guess. So it's it's pretty tough. But uh, good for him. Again, you know, we root for him. And, and again, I hope our listeners can kind of, you know, go research him, figure out what he's all about. Because, again, he was great. Then he went to New York, struggled, and now he's in Cincinnati. And he's really killing it. He's doing a great job. And, and you can't complain about it. So, uh, a guy that just keeps going and keeps, as my sweatshirt says, finding a way. Keeps finding a way to get his job done. 
no matter what it takes, and he didn't let that New York BS and media knock him down too far. Well, you gave a little nod to the Mets, and we could talk a little local baseball right now. The Mets have been atrocious, and the team that's been worse, got a lot of fans that are Red Sox fans, They've been worse. The Red Sox have been worse than the Mets. Let's talk about these teams a little bit. Yeah, the Mets uh, The Mets are about, I would say probably, I looked at the standings before I didn't get the official metric, but they're about a game and a half out of the playoffs right now. If it were to start today. Right, it, it, which is kind of odd you know, to think about because you mentioned they have been garbage. They lost Marcus Stroman. He opted out of the bubble, uh, which is extremely unfortunate. They had the whole Ioannis Cespedes blunder. They had the blunder against the Phillies where Wilson Ramos does, doesn't put the tag down on a clear out, and they lose the game uh, that game on a walk-off. Pete Alonso's been very eh uh, this this year. It's it's been it. They're just sputtering right now. the The wheels are the wheels are turning, but they're not moving. It's so, been... they, which is a problem, except for Dom Smith. Dom Smith has been an absolute firecracker to this team, to this offense. He's homered in four consecutive games. Hopefully, that streak continues. We'll see. He's been terrific. He's been the only Met, out, excuse me, the only Met outside of Jacob Degrom that's been fantastic. It, it's it's Jacob Degrom and Dom Smith. That's it. But this is what we're, we have said prior to the season even starting. What New York Mets team are we going to get? Are we going to get the real cold start where we see flashes of greatness and think guys like Degrom and surprisingly now Smith? But we had started slow, and now there's not much room to make up for. We are a game and a half out of the playoff, and like we said, a slow start in a 60-game season could be detrimental to any team, including someone as hot and cold like the Mets. Um, let's talk to Red Sox, man, because they've been just piss poor. We just have to gloss over them real quick. They, I think they had 17 runs in the seventh inning when I was watching their game the other day. I don't I just know. turned it off. I don't know why Red Sox fans didn't catch on better. You traded away your best player. What, what on God's green earth did you expect to happen? We like, like honestly, what did you expect to happen when you trade away your best player? Oh, and by the way, your best pitcher, he went down with Tommy John. So if you had any real expectations for this year, yeah, I'm sorry. It's cancel time. I, I, I can't help you. I, I really can't. So, but yeah, I just wanted to get that out there real quick. Yeah, uh, Mookie Betts on a tear. Yeah, I'm going to bet on that guy. Uh, if you're the Red Sox fans or the Red Sox owner, you are kicking yourself in the butt. This is terrible. Mookie's been on top of his game for a team that looks to be on the track for a World Series run. And the Red Sox now, one of the worst teams in baseball. And another team that's on the track for a World Series run has a bunch of issues this week. Uh, Goose, what do you, can you talk about the Yankees? Yeah, so unfortunately for the Yankees, they, they've continued to just win games, by the way. They've, they've been terrific. and But unfortunately, they lose DJ LeMahieu, Aaron Judge, and Giancarlo Stanton all in the same week. Stanton's got a hamstring injury. He'll be out a couple weeks. Judges, I couldn't find too much on it. They called it a lower body injury, I believe. And LeMay, who sprained a thumb swinging on Saturday. So uh, just an unfortunate thing for him. A guy that's been red hot, Joel. What is, he's batting what? Uh, DJ LeMay right now is batting 4-11 over the season. And it's just a real, real hit to the Yankees. And you had mentioned you can't find a lot on Judge. I think the Judge thing is more of um a protocol inside their clubhouse to get him as least many games as possible because you can see what their team is headed for. A deep postseason run with guys that can hit through the roof, guys hitting over 400 right now, unbelievable. Got a bunch of guys hitting over 250s. So this Yankees team, I think, is priming themselves to make a deep postseason run and not using all their energy right now. Oh, dude, load managing. We're not, oh, don't get me. You got to load manage a guy like Judge, man. No way. 
That the guy. Dude, what is he? Twenty? How old is Judge? Twenty six? Yeah, but look at his Maybe? history of health. Look I at mean, his history on, of health. Man. Load management is a thing that's going around all leagues, including football. You see Le'Veon Bell not getting his money, taking an entire year off to get his body right. That's not load managing. That's holding out for what he's worth. Aaron Judge isn't it's holding out for a new right. contract. Maybe he is. No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> kidding. But no, for deep right for this certain thing. I think they, they are limiting judge to games. Unreal. But I do want to just wrap up baseball with a with one more stat. And if you think LeMayhew hitting 411 is good, wait till you listen to this. Mike Trout over the last 162 games, so that dates back to last year. 162 games being a regular season span. Correct. For all you oblivious listeners, love Correct. you guys. He is batting 294, which is actually below his career average of 305, which is absurd, by the way. He's hit 58 home runs. He has 129 RBIs, 130 runs scored. He's got 31 doubles, two triples, 124 walks, and a 661 slugging percentage. Those numbers are through the roof, by the way. Just stay tuned on this podcast because at some point we're going to have to make the argument that Mike Trout's the best player. I might change our podcast name to Mike Trout Fan Club. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. Ryan the Guskoska joined by... The Mike Trout fan club? Mike Trout's biggest fan. I'll just introduce <laughs> myself as. <laughs> of course, but we just wanted to give you those stats because that was the theme of Major League Baseball, and, and it's been terrific. Again, uh, Major League Baseball has a lot of issues, and they're talking about a playoff bubble now, which is terrific, by the way. Thank God. It's about time. Man, okay. starts to take action of his life. Right, but it, it, it it's, just, it's just bad. But uh, quick note before we wrap up. We did get some very unfortunate news. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 have canceled their seasons. Uh, we can kind of see it coming. It's a, it's still unfortunate, and you hate to see it. But, uh, Joel, on your quick reaction to that. They're still letting kids on campus for full tuition. So is it for player safety? Is it for more legal purposes? If someone does get sick, will they lose scholarships or something like that? So I think they are playing it safe. But I don't know. These kids are back on campus, so it is polarizing to some people. But the debate's up in the air still. Justin Fields has now led a movement of 35,000-plus signatures to get Big Ten football back. So you see a guy that doesn't even need a game wanting to play football this year. It speaks volumes, man. So, like I said, there's two sides to every story. The the schools and the programs are canceling right now. Players are resisting. They want to play. We'll see how this goes. And there's a lot of talk, too, about the new saliva test, the new saliva coronavirus test that just came out. Yale just released it with with funding, by the way, from the NBA. Adam Silver, they're, not they're again. just ahead of all this stuff. It's unreal, but there there is a new saliva test, which would make things a cheaper to test and b much quicker results. If that happens, I've seen on Twitter, hey, should they reconsider? I don't think that's how that works. I think once they cancel, that's it. Sorry, see ya. But the t te- the leagues that held out, if this helps them. Who knows, because the NCAA top doctor just came out recently and said if testing isn't improved, there's no way they can play. But here we are with a saliva test, which should improve testing, which should make it more readily available. So it answers some questions that needed to be answered. So Hopefully. Now- Again, we have no idea. Governor Murphy is going to announce his plans for high school sports, high school fall sports in New Jersey coming up this week. I'm sure there's going to be more announcements. The SEC, I guarantee you, will be the last conference if they cancel at all, by the way. Just a heads up. That and the Big 12. But it, it's it's just one of those things. Keep your eyes out. We're less than four weeks away from the NFL season. It's going to be a lot of fun, ladies and gentlemen. Buckle up because we got all these live sports coming. 
and it, it, it's coming down all at the same time. The UFC's been terrific. Everything's been terrific. The sports world is back, my friend. ESPN has stuff to talk about other than rerun games. <laughs> I'm so happy. This is amazing. It's fantastic. And again, look at look at what we get to talk about on the podcast the whole time. It, it's absolutely terrific. No, it's a little bit longer, but again, there's just so much going on. We have to talk about it. So that's going to do it for episode 12. You can always find me, Ryan the Goose Gosker, on Twitter at Gosker56 or on Instagram at Goose on the Mic. You can always find me that way. Jolan, how might the people be able to find you and the podcast if they want? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Good Old Joel's or on Instagram at Jolan by or you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast. Air it out or Instagram at airitout.podcast. Again, any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can reach us there. Goose. Make sure you reach out to us. Again, what what we can what we can guarantee you, your topic could be discussed on the podcast. You could get a live shout out. Absolutely anything you want. Stay tuned for more interviews, more collaborations potentially, uh, that we're working on behind the scenes. But until episode 13, put it in the books.